0: And welcome to another episode of the Momos and the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar Universe's folklore episode by episode. We are your hosts, Eric Lefebvre,
1: Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero.
2: We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender. We're almost to the end of Book One, Water. We're on Chapter 18, The Waterbending Master.
1: In this chapter, Aang and the gang finally make it to the Northern Water Tribe, where Sokka falls for unavailable princess Yui, and Aang is allowed to learn waterbending, but Katara is not. Drama!
0: Drama! Drama, (laughs) Indeed. Speaking of drama, our first soap opera.
1: Yes.
2: Mm
0: Adjacent. It is dramatic. And we have like a perfect B story going on that's just as heavy and silly and dramatic with pirates and a death plot. And then A plot is like misogyny like. and lineage. And then there's like a romantic love of forbidden, I love you, but I can't be with you. I mean, we'll find out later why, because she's already engaged, but also who she engaged to the moon iconic <laughs> so good so it's I like, mean, it like i mean she's engaged to a
1: real person but like her but her no. actual engagement is with the yeah. melody, yes.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes 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 exactly and i and i and i know i'm being a little like <laughs> facetious but for the stakes of like the silliness of like heightening of like oh there's so much going on this episode yes. is like a really good tone setter for the finale that we're kind of going to dip into in the uh, next episode after those
2: that's the perfect way of saying it it's like the perfect tone setting because it is like everything is high stakes and it's for like you you care about every single thing that is happening every moment of this episode um like it's it was easy to forget throughout the whole entire season that they were heading somewhere yeah you know like yeah. they, they have a destination in mind and so i guess like you don't really think about like wait what actually is going to happen once they actually get there um and but then like this episode comes and you're like oh and yeah. there's just there's so much to take in and there's just no way that you get the whole story just in one watch. It's one of those episodes that was just made for watching multiple, multiple, multiple times. And you'll get something new every single time.
1: One of the things that I got on this one, um, not to start off on like kind of a downer. Um, Let's do it. But I didn't really, because like when you first watch it, you're like, oh, Saka has this crush. And oh my gosh, she's the princess. Princess, you are so cute, right? But the first two things that we learn about her are one that she's hot and two that she's of marrying age that's how her father introduces her he's like oh princess Yue is 16 not like she wants to do this when she grows up or she's great at painting it's now she can be married and it's like okay cool like so so we are so she literally is just the object of desire and um and that's kind of yeah. how, and we see her through like Sokka's eyes. We don't really see her or know anything about her other than she's hot and unavailable.
0: I'm assuming that that's like relative- i mean obviously just for the for the understanding historically of like women as property, mm-hmm. especially in terms of like marriage contracts, but especially for an episode that is so uh riddled with the conversation around misogyny. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like that was like an intentional like oh let's make sure that like the introduction to this female this new female character or this new femme character uh is a recognition of that misogyny sort of doubling down within the narrative because we're already talking about Paku and him being Mm -hmm. like a total asshole do you think maybe uh
2: I'm, I'm actually more inclined to agree with that because I see it when I hear stuff like that and like UA is like character that I absolutely love mm-hmm. and like you're yeah. so right um, that she deserves a much better introduction than that but oh, yeah. I actually hear that and I don't um I don't necessarily hear you a I hear okay one of the main characters in this um in this whole part is now just going to be the the confines of tradition. Mm -hmm. and like and how constricting culture can be and like and so even though Saka and Katara they're coming from the southern water tribe and like their culture has really been like diminished and like we find out later like why um, but they don't have those same like constrictions on them and so they didn't grow up with that at all but now that we're finally at the Northern water tribe, we're finally seeing like, what is like, I I don't even like how I'm putting this, but for lack of a better word, like real water tribe culture, like we're seeing like real water tribe, like architecture, we're seeing uh, so much more about like, oh, this is what your culture was supposed to be. I'm saying that and I'm like hating the words <laughs> real and I'm hating the words supposed to, because like, it doesn't mean that Katara and so- so- Sokka didn't have culture in the Southern yeah. water tribe. Yeah. It's, um, but I think you guys are hearing what I'm saying, that,
0: that yeah. like yeah.
2: Uh, an additional character that we have to deal with now is like, oh, and with this like more, I guess, like well-established culture or well ingrained culture you also have to deal with like a bunch of fucked up ideas that you don't have to deal with when you don't take it as seriously as we do and that's really interesting because
1: like uh because i do like uh yeah you're absolutely right we are seeing like the northern water tribe right and we know that the northern and southern aren't really on good terms or Mm. and haven't really been talking um and we later find out that um uh, Katara's grandma, like you know, defected because she's like, "Fuck this." And then, yeah, it is, it is really satisfying when Yue, like, uh, when she just like defies everybody's expectations in the subsequent episodes, where she's just like, "No, this is what I'm doing. I'm taking control. This is what I need to do." Like, cool for all of you guys, but this is, this is like, and she really does like take her life into her own hands and who she is and what she is. Um, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I I, I mean, think you are right. I, I think it was intentional. And um, yeah. Yeah. You're right.
0: I like that a lot just in terms mm. of the conversation of like I think like I don't know if this is the right way mm-hmm. or the right term, Amber, but like more classic or historical mm. water bending as like a system. It's not necessarily real, but it is historically this way or classically has been developed this way. But also understanding that like Katara Saka's grandma had defected, like you had said, and she taught this whole other subset of waterbenders that like, no, fuck that. That's bad. Here's here's how it should go. And here's why that's like without being like, fuck waterbenders, but also just Mm -hmm. just being like, hey, Here's how I'm going to teach you. And so it's also lovely because then we get this fantastic dichotomy of feminists between Yue and Katara. You have an outsider who has no tie to this sort of systemic misogyny. And you have somebody who has been raised in and imbued with all of the pressures of it. And so you're seeing those two things hit each other in this really unique way, both the struggle for independence. Well, the strug- well, two struggles for independence, really. It's yeah. the struggle for autonomy in both instances, but just coming from completely different perspectives. It's Yeah, it's a, it's like a really good setting the stage for this conversation, especially when we see Paku for the first time, mm-hmm. when he's just straight up like, she's like, yeah, we're going to do it. It's like, no, you're a girl. <laughs> Fuck off. And you're like, oh, shit. It's not, it's not even like, it's not even coded. It's not even like, uh, uh subvert or like it's not it's just mm. so blatant it just is and you're like yeah. oh oh for sure and everyone's like cool with it and you're like what, what? <laughs> oh, oh, oh okay oh sick okay cool for sure <laughs> you know what he means
2: yes um and there, uh, like the way they tell the story is just so perfect like when Aang and Katara show up for that first lesson and Paku like put, turns us back to them and he's like you didn't say your friend was a girl yeah. it's so it's so
0: disgustingly disrespectful and like in a way that it's like wow he should have so much shame at that. like he should feel ashamed for this like initial reaction but it just it just is and he's like no that's not how we do it and you're like oh this place might be not great <laughs> yeah.
2: yes um yeah and it just and i i love how katara and saka like of course like this whole time they've been on this journey and we haven't questioned whether they should be on it or not you know like we know like oh the Qatar is meant to be here. She needs to find her um, water bending master here. This is where she needs to be to like completely, um, become the person she wants to be. And that after she goes literally across the world, <laughs> that they would deny her. Like what I I really love that it's like you they don't even have a choice on whether to challenge this. You know, like of course they come into this culture and they want to be respectful, and she wants to just like absorb all of the different things that her people are. But like immediately she has to be the one to be like, "No, fuck all of this." Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is a real significant thing for Katara.
0: And I do think, and I, I mean, I hate this as a, I guess it's a trope ish. Um it was not really a trope it it exists all the time everywhere it's the same conversation of like men who hate women but then have daughters and it's like mm-hmm. well okay like you hate feminists you hate women but also like not these women like what like what's the conversation like let's unpack the misogyny there and in this case it's very clearly like mm-hmm. oh i hate women but like except for the love of my life your grandma and it's like why is why is like romantic objectification the only justifiable like thing to like minimize your misogyny in some way. Like it's, I, it just, I, that, I understand he's a complicated character, but I do that whole like, oh, but I loved her. So maybe I'll see things differently now because like, because of romance, like, uh.
2: yeah, I feel like if anything, I feel like that dates this show a little bit.
0: Kind of. Because I
2: do feel like when this show was being made, that was seen as like a real progressive way of looking at things. Like, oh, but she's someone's daughter. She's (laughs) someone's Yeah, And that that used to be seen as a progressive idea. Right.
0: (laughs) I want to coin it just from now into (laughs) perpetuity, Uh, John Mayer uh, feminism. Oh my god. (laughs) It's like the John Mayer feminism where it's like, like it still reeks of misogyny and it's still rampant in this but it's like oh but I fell in love with her so now she's a person because I she's want to have so sex beautiful. with her yeah. and you're like oh my god she's only a person now because she's a value to you like, and it, she's
1: still, still the same she's still an object because you just want her because you want to fuck her like
0: yeah literally
2: or but yeah you don't have to respect that woman you just have to respect the men that that woman belongs to mm-hmm. Exactly. And that is so exactly. much easier. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little
1: bit surprised wow. that Grand Grand didn't prep Katara for any of this. She wasn't like, "Hey, just so you know, when you get to the Northern Water Tribe, um, things might be a little bit weird." Like, as somebody that fucking defect,ed she was like, "Yeah, good, go, go, live your life and everything." But like, I I don't know if that was just an oversight or if that was intentional. And she's like, "Oh, well, maybe they've changed." But yeah, um,
2: honestly, yeah. I would totally watch this, like, spin-off show, like, where <laughs> 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 um Grand has to, like, meet up with her crazy ex-boyfriend again. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. And it was like, yes. yeah. So I went across the world to get away from you. Um... <laughs> yeah. It feels,
0: yeah. I... I so to your point jess <laughs> i do i do think that like i think it's an oversight like uh, just as a woman level, as a
1: grandmother or something i want to be like funny. hey you need to like also watch yourself like there are some things that maybe are different or this is how it was when i was there you might run into this yeah. to kind of prep her especially when she's it. so yeah. when she's so excited to learn water bending and to do all of this yeah. right like She knows that culture, so to not prepare her for the misogyny that she's going to experience for arguably the first time. um, True. a
2: very good point. (laughs) It's a
0: super good point. I mean, granted, the flip side of that is just because Katara is so capable (laughs) and her journey is largely one of Mm -hmm. self-discovery, the unexpectedness of such a hurdle and of such a blatant hurdle Mm Um. I mean, obviously, it's good for her character because she's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm like this is so beneath me. Like, I can't believe how silly and bad this is in hindsight. Mm. um, Maybe like I'm obviously it is an oversight because like, yes, 100 percent. That should have been like, hey, I know you're going to go on this long trek. And um, but you are so like kind of a kid. Uh, <laughs> you are going to run into a lot of really fucked up shit. And a lot of it's going to have to do just because you're a femme-presenting person and because you're a woman. And that's literally it. They're not even going to hear you or see you. You will be an object. And that's the end of the story for them. That's unfortunately going to happen. And I feel like Katara Uh, would
1: hear that and mm. be like, okay. But she wouldn't really understand it until she experienced it. And I still think that that could have been a rewarding uh, moment where she's like, oh, this is what this is. What the fuck? Uh,
2: Yeah, like maybe that could have been a way to show Katara's growth is if like you showed her being like oh whatever grand grand I'm sure it'll be fine and then like when she actually has to interact and like be a rebel within this system and a system that is bigger than her and stronger than her yeah yeah, I I think that could have been a place to show like growth for Katara um, but, you know, it's our girl, Katara. She's
1: got it. I mean, she kicked. It. She, did, <laughs> she did so fucking good in that fight. She was incredible. The way, and the way, okay, woman, the way every woman, all really the kids. Really fucking awesome fight. Yeah. Let's talk about really the fight. Awesome so fight.
0: the way it starts, where she just walks in and demands, and she's like, fuck you, we're fighting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? She's like, right now, I'm going outside, you're following me, and we're going to fight. <laughs> and i do like i do love because it's also a really fun little banter moment where like she says that and then uh fuck was like what and Annie's yeah. like no she probably she didn't mean that and then Saka's like no she for sure meant that yeah like, like no that- go out now she's gonna fucking she's gonna beat you up like go do go outside yeah uh, and then this fucking fight like stylized you're seeing like you're seeing her sort of bat back all of these these tricks. You see him getting stronger, where he's like, "Oh, I'm taking it easy," but now less so. Mm-hmm. I want to point out like one very specific thing: that ice blade wheel mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. was so fucking cool.
1: That was really
0: fucking yes. Cool.
2: Whoa, yeah. Um, one. This is one of my favorite fights. Not only mm-hmm. just because it's like it's just pure will. Yeah. Like, Katara yeah, yeah. is showing that, like, no, um, like, I don't care that you have years and years and years of training and whatever. Like, it, it shows that, like, a, a an important part of bending is the spirit. And she was like, I have enough spirit to take even you down. Uh, so let's go, old man. Yeah. And when she says uh, that,
1: like she, um, she br- starts to break the ice, like she did in the first episode, yeah. where she's just so fucking angry and full of spirit that, like, she literally can destroy this whole fucking place with with her. Oh yeah, with, with her emotions, like.
0: And granted, uh, in my head, I was kind of hoping that Britney Spears' "Break the Ice" would like,
1: bababoo
0: bop, 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 <laughs> would start like play. I mean. We can, we can. I'm sure we could cut it as a fan cam. So, I was like, but... someone has created that. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. there's a Katara fan cam out there, a hundred percent. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, there's oh, there's so many good moments in that fight. Like there are several moments in the fight where, like, literally, she has been knocked down or like thrown all over the place. Um, there's this cool part where she's like down on the ground. And she just goes from there and she like jumps up like this <laughs> with her like hands up um, and like bends those two big like pillars of like snow stuff. Like ice, pot. yeah, ice pots? Yeah, ice pots on top of them. And I'm like,
1: that is so
2: fucking <laughs> cool. Like, what? Not only was that like far away from her, and it's just like, I, you can see. <laughs> Like you can see her energy and how she is able to manipulate all of these things in her surrounding. and yes. it's just like you can you can tell that without her even knowing it that she is displaying some of like the finest water bending that ever waterbends.
0: it's absolutely <laughs> and it, and it's it's also <clears throat> very clear from not only Paku's response but everybody else they're kind of just like, oh shit.
1: it kind of feels like Like... she's fighting for all of womankind as all of the women and the children look at her and they're fucking rooting for her and they're there she doesn't even realize that she's doing that for her like her and like for all of the feminine people but she is just like literally i am going to beat your fucking ass i am going to show you that i am here and i am worth (laughs) it and if you don't think so you can fuck right off and she just like So, like, seeing her in that moment, like, was just so fucking cool.
0: I can't get over how just, just like, hey, you and me, outside, now. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. We're fighting. It's just the coolest. It's, like, the coolest, fuck you. You treat me like shit. I'm not a person to you. Let me show you my personhood outside, now. Let's go. I'm real, and I'm here, and I'm going to prove to you how fucking real I am. And it's just, it's so sick. shes It's like one of the coolest, most badass moments. It is. And then it's she's
2: super badass, and yeah, I love it for so many reasons, because it's not even just, like, her ego. It's not just, like, I'm a Katara, and I've decided that you're going to teach me. She's also, like, on a very real note, hey, did you notice I'm traveling with the motherfucking Avatar? Do you know how many times <laughs> yeah. I've had to save his life? Like, you're going to teach me to fight because I'm here saving the world.
0: Yes. I'm already so capable. Yes. And you are but a cog in this machine. Yeah. And I must get this and you're going to give it to me. And there's no question because I am, I know my power and it's, it's, it's more than you. Yeah. <laughs> so get, we're going to do this. Yeah. We have like to do get this. on yeah.
2: the program.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh, she's so sick. It's so uh, perfect.
2: Obsessed. My only, like, if I were to change or just like to tweak just one thing, um, and I've said it before, is I don't like it when there's any suggestion that, or or implication that the ability to heal is somehow like a lesser bending form or ability
1: Absolutely. because
2: i was like let's all be very honest that's like one of the coolest powers anybody could have mm-hmm. ever P- period and yeah. so like i just wished i just wish that there was like some moment like they showed katara like taking a healing lesson and everybody was like kind of small or something like that like i wish like maybe like she could have had like a side conversation with like the healing teacher where she was like oh by the way we're like super badasses and you should know about our i don't know historical heroes or something who did some amazing healing ability or something like that yeah just because i'm just like uh why is everyone acting like i like i would be so fucking stoked if people were like, "Oh, and you can heal people," mm-hmm. I sure like, "Healing holy as shit, a, I'm super yeah. powerful, yeah."
0: It, like I just, it I, should be the most coveted skill, exactly. Because it it literally is the rest, restoration of life, which is the most precious thing. Yes, that's like the that's like the the most powerful, most useful, literally the most useful skill. How are
2: you gonna, Like, you can destroy a whole bunch of shit. How are you going to undestroy something?
0: Destroying something is also so easy. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to destroy something physically, with weapons, with whatever. It's the easiest thing to do to dismantle. But to then reassemble in such a way that is like organic and real, that's next to impossible. That is
2: amazing. And I I feel like, do, like, is it like a chicken egg situation? Like, is it like, oh, well, healing is like not as big of a deal because it's feminized or is it like feminized because they don't see it as that big of a deal? Um, because also there's a part of me that's like, but there's nothing that says that only women should be able to use this healing ability. Mm -hmm. And I wonder more about, um, I don't know, playing with gender and how that can relate to people's bending.
1: It does. Yeah. It is really weird that they downplay this. Um, especially for a show that, you know, tries to do such radical things like um uh having the having the final fight be about disempowering, you know, rather than mm-hmm. killing, right? So Yeah. Um, amidst all of this destruction which like the entire world is fucking destroyed and needs healing more than anything um, the actual skill itself of healing is so downplayed mm. that it's just kind of like oh that's a woman thing Kind of. yeah
0: I think that's a really good notion like the chicken or the egg conversation with that sort mm-hmm. of feminization of this skill is like what came first I mean I, personally I do think it's like it was relegated to femme folks and women mm-hmm. specifically because like, it's not something that is what would be deemed as powerful and power only in this instance is equivalent to like violent. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that is violent necessarily. So it is like naturally. It's more maternal. W- I think like it's, by, yeah, maybe um,
1: just, yeah, it, um, as, as a, a as concept, concept of, like, it's always more life, maternal, right? right? Like you can heal, yeah. you can yeah. do, um, You know, because that for, you know, for so long has been women's place in the world. So, again, Mm. if this was uh, if there was a woman writer in the room, I feel like this uh, would have been um, would have been a better representation of healing and the power that it it has, because some people in the world do recognize that like. um, uh, the firebending um, master that they found, I forgot his yeah, name, Zhang Zhang. but he was like, that is the greatest thing that you can ever do. Like, and he gave it that yes. um, that importance. And maybe that's only because he saw the destruction, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe the water, uh, the northern water tribe is so removed from that that they don't even they it, they take it for granted because. They obviously are doing well and super prospering, and um, there's no destruction there. So I'm, it's easy to take yeah. something for granted when you don't you don't have such a dire need for it.
0: True. I mean, I would also love to see, like you were saying, Amber, the conversation, or at least the in, in the the sort of inspection of gender when it comes to these more like binary assigned skill sets yeah and how like maybe even a conversation of like uh age gender or trans or mm-hmm. like 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 how that as a bender uh, somebody in that space would then play with what it is to be a waterbender or to a healer or to be somebody who is more active like a fire but be- like like what a cool story that would be yeah like like, those are the
2: stories i really want to see
0: yeah because it's like not only is like obviously queer stories Mm -hmm. love but just as a way to sort of inspect these what assumedly are rigid Mm -hmm. gender expectations when we know like full well granted it is just a story but like we know full well that that's not real or true it's all just performance Mm. so even within that like let's look at the more like there are so many cis people let's talk about a non cis story for a second mm-hmm. like what would that look like in this space how cool would yeah. like that would just be such a cool and to story. be able
2: to add another layer to yeah. how we even yeah. think about gender and gender performance because we often really just get stuck in the thought of like you know who's fucking who and like what it, what does it look like in their pants and stuff like that and yeah. to be able to get away from that um anchoring of gender (laughs) to let's look at like other ways of expressing gender and and like you said like it would be very interesting to see you kind of like play with it in the in the avatar world knowing that bending has a specific connection and it or it it responds to these nuances in like social status, in roles that people play in society. Yeah. Um, yes. I I'm I mean I'm so so super I into don't,
0: it. I don't know if they will. I hope they do. But what if that's a part of the new? Who knows? Series? Or at least at least not even like a main plot, but like it just this is the I feel like this is the world to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not oh, uh, I love that. And, I like, and that uh. would be
2: like the one way that I would be open to like artistic departures in in the adaptation. Like, if you make it like queerer, I'm totally down for it. 100%. <laughs>
0: Same. Like, like why <laughs> don't we play with that? Let's lean
2: into it.
0: Let's lean into yeah. it. Because already, and on top of that, Military shit is already gonna be so straight and so binary and so stringent and so oh, rigid right. in its power structures and
2: which uh, let's fight I, the if, war. But,
0: exactly. <laughs> but as a story, if you if you oppose that rigidness mm-hmm. with some fluidity, mm-hmm. i.e. queerness, what a good drama what a good story because then you have these like perfectly opposite opposing forces not to then reinstill another binary Uh, but just from a narrative perspective it's gonna be good they're gonna clash really well yes oh yes
2: i want to write it now (laughs) let's do it
0: I want to talk a little bit about now. Uh, sorry, were you going to say another thing about this?
2: No, following your lead, man. I
0: I was going to say the whole Zhao uh, Zuko subplot, mm-hmm. where the we get like we we get the conversation of like, hey, we're going to go attack them eventually, but we do need to bring troops because they are powerful and they're mm-hmm. going to fuck us up. But then Zhao inspecting uh, Zuko's room, and he sees the mask of what is it? He didn't
1: see the mask. He saw the he saw the swords, the The Mm broadswords.
0: That's right. Okay, he sees the broadswords, and then he asks Zuko, "Like, I didn't know you knew how to use these." He's like, "Nope, they're simply decorative. I have never (laughs) used this in my life. They just they're antiques." Yeah, exactly. And then this subplot where Zhao hires pirates to rig the ship to blow up Zuko and kill him. Uh, what, a, what, a, like, this, this is, is all in perfect. one episode. Yes. This is all in one episode. It's um, so wild.
2: Yeah. The, yeah, this whole B story is just like, it's, it's perfectly contained, but it has its own high stakes where, like, it starts off and like Zhao is, taking zuko's tiny little ship taking zuko's tiny little crew which probably he doesn't need not at all you know not at all like he has a whole like armada coming um but he needs to twist the knife on zuko just that much more um and but then also it's just like you know like fuck it let's kill this kid
1: he's so petty
2: <laughs> so fucking petty
0: he, he literally yeah he's just like you know what kill him yeah. you can get him get him out of here like, yeah. yeah it's
2: quiet it's like first I mean, they, again, let's make him cry now let's just fucking kill him
0: and again like this is where this is where Nickelodeon really does toe that line <laughs> of like oh so murder plots like that's just gonna be a part of the show yeah. okay cool <laughs> super Like
2: super fucking murder.
1: Dang, but he survives yeah. so it's fine
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Just but barely. The, the devastating moment when Iroh comes back to the ship yeah. and it's just flames. There's no sign of life. And arguably, just from looking at this ship, mm-hmm. who could have survived? Right. Yeah. No one. There's yeah. an assumed... The, in the way ship it's presented,
2: is engulfed in flames.
0: Yeah. Um, Him coming back, Zuko is gone. The artwork is really beautiful.
1: You
2: just see like the outline of Iroh and just like this huge just ball of flame and you can just imagine that immediately he's just he's thinking about like oh my gosh I failed another son mm-hmm. I wasn't yes. there for him yeah um you know he had left him and like told him I was like okay fine just pout which would have been like the worst last words. Absolutely. <laughs> truly, truly. Ever.
0: And I mean it it is it is a, I mean obviously like even in that moment there's no there's no way that that's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Like as an audience if they did that we're like oh wait. Sorry. Uh, He's uh, like the main guy. <laughs> like
2: yeah.
0: we- we just started. No, this that can't game happen. Of thrones, this, isn't, is, so. this isn't, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, this is a game of thrones. This isn't Scream. Yeah. Like, we don't know this person. This person's not famous yet. We can't do this. Um, but I do love that even even the mm-hmm. meeting with, with Zhao where he's like, what if we knew who it was? And he's like, oh, you knew who it was? He's like, it's pirates. I knew it was pirates. And it's pirates all along. <laughs> and then later, they're in the hallway and he you see that uh Zuko survived. Mm-hmm. And I love this interaction because it's very much like a yeah, go fuck him up. Yeah. Like 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 now Ira's like, you know what? It's they like, try to kill you. Fuck this like, guy. <laughs> fuck these guys. Mm-hmm. They straight up don't care. Like yeah. before it was just detention. Now it's like a murder plot. Like, oh, they're fucking serious. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm gonna g- get go fuck him up. Go, go. Like unleash it go for it i trust you and believe and like in like early <laughs> in
1: the episode like iroh stopped zuko from trying to beat the shit out of zhao right so he's like no 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 yeah. it's fine yeah. no 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 and he's yeah. like uh he starts off uh singing this song about the the changing of the seasons and mm. um and then at the end he's just like no fuck all of that let's fucking get him <laughs> like fuck yeah it's shit. like oh
0: he literally like oh that's how they want to play yeah okay let's yeah. play yeah go um, off kid
1: so that was like
2: before Zhao came in to like take the crew and stuff like that but i do That is one of my favorite like little side scenes when he's singing the song about the seasons yeah. and like those two crew members are dancing
1: it's so it is
2: very much a love song and it's just like a sweet little scene and it's it's one of my favorites <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, was- that song does get stuck in my head along with Secret Tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Four
2: seasons, four loves.
1: Four love. Four seasons for love.
2: Yes.
0: Four seasons for love.
1: Yeah.
2: It's it's a beautiful little moment. But yeah, so it's a perfect little side story. Um, and you, for just a moment, you're scared, like, oh my God, is Zuko really dead? You'd be like, no. Can't kill
0: Zuko. And and again, like we had established earlier, setting the tone for, like, it's about to fucking hit. Like, things are really going to start happening now. Yes. And obviously we're going to see, like, how things escalate in the next two books as Mm -hmm. well. But looking at this specifically now, this is kind of, like, the catalyst for, like, Oh yeah, this is like a ri- not not that nothing before this doesn't matter, but it's kind of like, here we go, it's a it's like we're we're getting going, all the gloves are off. There's no more like playing around this idea of like oh well should I or shouldn't I. It's like nope, it's time to go. We have to fight. It's life or death. Let's go for everyone involved for Zuko for Katara for yeah. Aang for Sokka. There's literally no. There's no more playing around. Again, not to say that what they've done previously is yeah. playing around, but there is a severity on this, like, threshold. It feels it feels very much like a threshold. Like, mm-hmm. this is a threshold episode where okay, everything's gonna be different now. Let's go. And then it's the ending of this and then on to the rest of the story, which just gets, like, bigger and bigger and more intense yes. and more intense moving forward.
2: It's definitely a do-or-die moment yeah. for yeah. all of them. Um, and it's just done in such like the perfect harmony you know Mm -hmm. like none of those like conflicts all of them are different and none of them are really taking away from each other it's like oh okay so everybody has to like put up or shut up Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah i do want to circle back to grand grand really quick because i feel um i really like that in this episode um Katara like recognizes the strength that it took her grandmother to mm. leave and not just like you know like leave with a bunch of friends or whatever but like she didn't mm. say goodbye to fucking anybody and so yeah. to see Katara um understand that and see her grandmother mm. in like a whole new light where it's like I knew my grandmother was cool but like holy shit she did this and Realizing also, I think, in that moment that she gave Katara a better life where she has choice and yeah. autonomy. Um, and, like, I think there's also something really sad about her holding on to that betrothal necklace and passing it on to mm-hmm. her daughter and to Katara. Oh, my God. Where, like, you know, she she didn't want an arranged marriage. But I think, like, part of her probably liked a little bit of Paku or, like, liked the possibility of, of her people, like, seeing you know what a great city they are but like yeah. i i think part of her maybe i mean it still to me seems like she still held on to some sort of hope for her people and for them um so i thought that that was also just a uh, just a really great moment um and uh i mean how many people like she left her home to give her children mm-hmm. a better life like oh
0: yeah i mean uh, truly like what a wonderful bit to throw in here for it for, to like within the episode and even that necklace even if it isn't like maybe maybe even if grand grand isn't like in love with this man completely it's still like this totem of what was mm-hmm. and like a constant reminder that of like i did the right thing mm-hmm. like a a constant reminder of strength and of progress and of like like, I think yeah, hope too. Remember this r- r- and because hope. I it's think literally it's like a symbol of hope. Because yeah.
1: part of it, too, I think it, wearing the necklace would just be a reminder that I, yes, that I left this life and stuff like that, right? But then passing it on to your daughter, like, I don't know, to me would feel like kind of like binding them to that sort of fate or, like, or, or, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, like, but I don't, I don't think that it was, I think it was more hopeful because it's like maybe, maybe one day. Oh, yeah.
0: I don't mean to like, like imbue that. Like, it's not like, (laughs) I I didn't mean to assume that like misogyny and like trash is like imbued into the, just, just in terms of like the reminder of like strength and the the meaningfulness of that decision Mm -hmm. and that history, like not forgetting it. And whilst constantly remembering it, actively moving from it, both in the way that you, you raise your kids and the way that you teach uh, what you know to be right. And physically, like, you know, I just, mm-hmm. it seems like, I think hope, you're 100% right, Jess, is the correct word. Mm-hmm. Like, that amulet is a representation of hope. Mm-hmm. With all of that in mind, it is, it is the hope for a better future in the same way that, like, making that decision. It's scary, but the driving force behind it is hope. Mm-hmm. Hope in this idea of something better. Mm-hmm. And so by giving, passing it down, this literal totem of hope is going to... Like guide these young people into the future that is better because of these hopeful choices. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's so real and so right. And yeah. Yes. Like
1: I mean, she had to like she had to miss a uh, part of the part of her culture that she left behind, right? And oh, I mean, yeah. uh, I I think about also how like she didn't really tell that story to anybody. Um, I know in my own personal history, like my grandparents, my great grandparents fled Russia like when it was like becoming like the USSR or something like that or like no before that so like they came here like and my grandma was born here and everything but like they never talked about that they never talked about that life so like that history is lost and I I'll never know like I know that they like came here as refugees and that like there's there's this whole history that I'm missing that I I won't understand right and um and my grandmother doesn't know and doesn't understand but it's like maybe part of that also is trying to um shelter your like the previous generations from your pain and from your hurt but also mm-hmm. like again still missing um missing your culture because uh and longing for a better version of it
0: yeah
2: Wha- I hear what yeah you're 100% saying. yeah that you still hold on to a part of it because you still value a part of it, but there's still a very real reason why you left mm-hmm. and a real reason why you made a choice to bring up future generations in a different way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah, I thought that was just a really nice, um, I think that just that those few lines about grand grand, just like, really gave so much context to her as a character and also to Katara, yeah. knowing where she is and who she's turned out to be and everything. And I think, um I think Grand Grand really did accomplish her goal of raising a woman who literally feels like she can do anything and can do anything. Um yeah. so she actively broke this cycle of oppression and we fucking love
2: that. Yeah. And that, so, yeah. In a way, grand grand saved the world.
1: In a way, I mean, <laughs>
0: oh my god, it is. And that's, oh, I am obsessed with that. I like uh-huh. that very real idea of like generational trauma break, mm-hmm. or like breaking the cycle of sort of trauma, yeah. or of or of or of of anything. Like breaking that cycle and saying like, hey, this sucks. I hate this. I'm going to do my best to change it. And then seeing that like actively happen is like, isn't that, I just, I just it's the fucking coolest. Yeah. It's like, and it really, how amazing.
2: Yeah. And I feel like it, it says a lot about, um, real life as well. Um, that you can see in these stories, you can see it both in like the story of grand grand, but also in the story of like, just the legend of Cora versus, um, Aang's life is that like each generation like had their job to do. Mm-hmm. And that often it'll be something like maybe like one decision that maybe seemed like small or something to grand grand that two generations later now is the thing that made it so Katara is such a badass and is able to like help save the world mm-hmm. that like, it's it's stating this truth about how um, the, the whole point of what like so many people will like to find their lives on, like it's part of a larger story. And so like, they'll be doing things in their own lives, but like the real outcome of it doesn't happen until like someone else's life entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, like just think about how you know we don't really get like balance for the world until Cora's time. Mm-hmm. Cora's yeah. the one who brings in balance, Surely. and like, and it was all like all of this stuff we're talking about was essentially like all of the, um, all of the evidence that the world was just out of balance. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's it's like you said, things take time, and it is a joy to see somebody make that decision for future generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah,
2: and it can be something that defined a whole entire life, but still is just like one small part of this larger story. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly, and yeah, Uh, it's just so good. It's so like such a good and like. Resonant and such a like is such a such a a it's a, such a big episode, mm-hmm. yeah, of the series. Really, just establishing these big big things. Yeah, it's so good.
1: And in in a way, like it's not even to have as much like even though we don't have a bunch of contacts for Grand Grand and why she left and stuff. Like just knowing mm-hmm. that she did and kind of what she left like and how. Mm-hmm her decision, her active decision to not be complacent in that world and to take that into her, like, for her and for her children, eventually um, Mm. what she had to do because it's, like, also it's really fucking hard to get to the Southern Water Tribe, like, I mean, how long did it fucking take I want to know what that journey was like. Yeah! Yeah, Yeah. but, like, even not knowing, like, she probably will take those secrets and that story to the grave, but knowing that Mm -hmm. she had the courage to do that, and um, I mean... You know, I'll never know why my great great or my great grandparents left Russia. Right. Was there a hit out on one of them? Were they, you know, speaking (laughs) out against um, against um, everything that was happening there? I don't know. Um, I'll never know. But I know that the reason that I'm here and that I'm able to speak with y'all and have this life that Mm. I do is because they made a, a decision to literally leave everything behind and come over here with nothing
0: i wow. do love your i do love your speculative lore building about the hit that is such a nice little and like a, a lovely little like ooh what is <laughs> because it's true like you don't it's know. possible you don't it's fucking absolutely know. entirely possible yeah. yeah oh my god i mean i i have a similar like just like a f- familial like I, there's like a random rumor story that like part of the reason why my great-grandparents came from mexico is like they were criminals and like <laughs> they changed their last name to like is like so my last name's like a cover-up name oh gosh, or something. Oh my I love that. There's like this weird story that was like amongst my like dad and all of his siblings and like from their parents. I I who knows if it's real? It's literally a all similar just like
2: story in my family do you? too. Right. It's so crazy! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, um, my grandfather's father, I think. Like, so I know that um the the surname Jones comes from a plantation in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a story about, I think it was my grandfather's father or his grandfather, where like we were all like in Mississippi, but then like something happened where he like murdered a white man (laughs) or something like that and was like, well, I gotta leave Mississippi. Holy shit! And then that's when our family moved to, like, Kansas and, like, that area, like, that's where, like, the the modern branches of my family are, hail from, like, just as you were listening, I was like, oh, it's kind of like the story of my great-grandfather, and he might have, like, murdered a white man, and was like, well, gotta go, (laughs) and
0: In this instance, like, none of us will ever know for sure any of these things. All of this becomes, like, our own, like... Yeah, we don't
1: know. Yeah, it becomes our own, like, personal folklore. Folklore. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: It really does. (gasps) You guys. This story is so much more (laughs) resonant than I had thought. (laughs) That's so sick. I love that our histories are, like, like... Supposedly, inspectively based in like these really palpable stories. <laughs> oh,
2: dramatic! So sick. Oh, yes. dramatic. yeah!
1: Dramatic!
0: It literally I such love drama.
1: It. Y'all love this. <sighs> Look at us! What a good episode! <laughs> I love
0: this. I know. I'm like, this is I'm so, so much fun. Yeah, I'm so amped right now. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. I
1: love that we're exploring our um, own folklore through uh yes. through well, exploring Avatar folklore. That's yeah. See, what a good show! It really does resonate what on a good so show. many levels. So.
0: Do you hear many. that, people? Do you hear that, listeners?
2: Yeah. This is a great show. Watch it Take and notes. then watch it again, <laughs> and then watch it another yeah. twenty times.
0: Exactly. And then have this conversation with us. Go back and hit hit that play button on episode subscribe.
2: one. Subscribe. Yes. <laughs> well, oh,
0: subscribe. Yeah. Um. Will we reach the end of another? gorgeous little episode of the moments in the opposite so thank you so much for joining us today
2: yes music and editing was by eric lafibre
1: artwork by david darcero
0: please do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts it really helps and it means so much to us and we love you for it
2: Mm, and what is only a little bit more important that is always remember That Uncle Ira was a war criminal. He was a war, war criminal. criminal. Yeah, he was.
0: It's always good to remember.
2: Um, you must Will? keep it in mind.
0: Let's keep it in mind. And with that, we'll see you next time for the for the finale. Uh, the book close. Yeah, the finale. the finale of Book finale One. Episode. Are you fucking ready? Yes, it'll be the season one closer for the Momos and the Appas. So what stay tuned. What should we tuned. do to
2: like, celebrate? <gasps> oh I don't gosh, know.
0: Oh we should, totally something. should we Yeah, should. we should do something cute. But what, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll brainstorm. We'll think of something, yeah. I'm wondering. We got to the end. Oh my God, we're, we're so, so close cute. to the book okay. one. That's so crazy. Uh-huh.
2: Okay. Uh, bye.
0: Bye, everybody. So we'll see you next bye. time. Bye, bye, my, my. bye. Bye, bye. Podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network.
1: Visit theNostalgianetwork.com for more.
0: Don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think, whoa, that didn't age well?
1: Or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think, did we really need this? Honestly,
0: same. same. That's why we started the Nostalgia Podcast.
1: A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens.
0: That's Jessica Tercero.
1: And that's Eric Lefebvre.
0: Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like
1: The patriarchy
0: Systemic racism
1: Harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations
0: And really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out.
1: Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts.
0: You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube.
1: That's not Nostalgia, spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it?
0: Not Stalgia. Like nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not Stalgia.
1: <laughs> follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute.
0: And stay critical. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.